Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. For it, I don't take where any I live anywhere. I don't take that for granted because I know what it's like to move all the way down here from Indianapolis, Indiana to try to go to college and find out that the house that we were supposed to live in fell through and had to spend some time in a hotel and have people wire us money until we were able to figure out where we are going to stay. I don't take any of this for granted. But he- First Peter, the first chapter. I'll be reading the third through the ninth verse. Again, that is First Peter 1, verses 3 through 9. It asks all that are physically able to please stand for the reverence of reading uh, God's word. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith being more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise and honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. God's word for God's people and God's people said, amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. For the time that is ours to share together, I want to talk a little bit about this might hurt. This might hurt. I have a novelty item in my office. I have quite a few novelty items in my office, but one of them is a trademarked easy button that I picked up from Staples. I picked it up because I liked the marketing campaign that Staples had with it. Uh, In the commercials, people would be in a bind. Uh, They needed something for their business, and they just, somebody would just press the easy button and, and, and they would be able to get whatever it was they needed out of the situation. Press the easy button and you got more paper. Press the easy button and you got uh, more shipping things, something shipped to your uh, business quickly. Press the easy button and it was good. Uh, Staples had one of the first organizations to add technology uh, to the purchasing of their equipment. One of the TV shows I used to watch called Office. The uh, the Office was uh, based, uh, they had a company called Dunder Mifflin and they were selling paper. 
and Staples was one of their biggest competitors. And they kept losing to Staples because Staples wanted to put technology into the ordering process while Dunder Mifflin was still trying to sell to businesses face to face and talking to another person. So I liked it because it talked about making easy solutions to complicated problems. I also keep this easy button on my desk as a reminder that even though things had a button in the commercial, it's not really like that in real life. Uh, we would uh, like to have a quick and efficient and even painless resolution to problems like that, but sometimes real life problems are not solved so quickly and cleanly and easily. Life can be uncomfortable sometimes, and the answer may not come easy or fast. A matter of fact, it might hurt. First Peter talks about life hurting some people while they, he was writing to the believers scattered all over Asia Minor, which we would call uh, modern-day Turkey right now. Life was rough for them. This uh, text was written somewhere between 30 and 60 years after the resurrection of Christ, and the people that would have been receiving the letters would have been brand-new Christians who never actually saw the resurrected Christ. And it was not legal to be what we call a Christian now. It was not popular uh, to be that, uh, especially not in public. So these people were subject to harassment, uh, and they were more likely, uh, more than likely rather, married to somebody that wasn't what we call a Christian now, or they were owned by somebody that uh, they were owned by somebody that we would refer to as a non-Christian. So you have these people believing in this resurrected Savior and their husband uh, is not a believer. Or they're believing in this resurrected Savior and their owner is not a believer. Life is rough for these people. These people had not seen Jesus Christ risen from the dead. 1 Corinthians 15, 5 through 8 tells us only about 500 people saw the actual resurrected Christ. And the rest are going purely off of faith. And not only are they going purely off of faith, they're being persecuted from them. They're surrounded by people who are denying the presence of God. And not only are they surrounded by people who are harassing them and treating them bad and denying the presence of God, they're getting treated like they're the intolerant ones. They're the atheists. They're the non-believers. They're the ones that won't conform. Because the way that the Christians that we, we, they didn't call them Christians during that time. That's why I keep saying the so-called Christians. Christians are a relatively new word in the faith, but it means those who follow Jesus. But during that time, they just called these people followers of the way. And so these followers of the way, the way that they worshiped meant that they were not paying any kind of homage to uh, uh, any of the pagan deities. So they got treated like atheists. They got treated bad, and, and I, I'll take a pause in my sermon and talk right now. I never quite understood those people who would want to make the resurrection a myth, that would want to make the resurrection a lie, and, and, and they take what goes on in the current time and try to apply the current thinking to the, uh, the thinking of the people who are walking and talking and, and spreading the gospel of Jesus over 2,000 years ago. These people were persecuted. 
Uh, they acted like the resurrection was a conspiracy or a made-up lie. The tomb is still empty. But those who believed in it during that time had hard lives. These people were made to fight lions in coliseums. They were dipped in boil, boiling oil. They were crucified. Peter, matter of fact, was crucified upside down because he didn't want to be uh, any way con uh, connected to the way his Lord and Savior got raised. Then they got beat up by mobs and run out of town. They were put in prisons and they were executed and they were ostracized and they were treated bad. Well, why would anybody want to uh, do all that for a lie? Uh, they had this kind of, this kind of uh, behavior, and then they put it on us all. And they, what happens is they look at some things that other pastors are doing, some pastors are doing, and then they, they paint it across the entirety of, of what pastors, they think all pastors are money-hungry and lying and, and, and mistreating sheep and taking over people. But it wasn't like that during that time. Peter did not have a private jet. Uh, Paul did not have a police escort or anything going on. Uh, 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 John did not have a book deal with Abington Press. Paul was not getting large honorariums to speak at revivals. These people got beat up and ran out of town and put in prison and dipped in oil and fought lions and got beheaded for saying that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. Why would you do that for a lie if you knew that the life you was going to get at the best you could hope for is being ostracized by your friends and family? At worst, you could get killed and go meet Jesus right away. So why would somebody do that for a lie? It was almost guaranteed that they were going to have a rough life. It was almost guaranteed that these things were going to happen. Why do that over a lie if, saying not, if not saying that will get you out of it? It got so commonplace that these people would get ostracized and beaten, put in jail and fighting lions and stoned to death and all of these things happening that first Peter tells us to not think the trials are strange. These things are going to happen to these people, but they kept pressing forward even though it hurt, both physically and financially and emotionally. Ah... Uh, but even with all of that going on, Peter still starts the text with joy. He says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He starts with prayer and thanksgiving. And that's what we ought to be doing when we have our trials and our tribulations, when we're going through things, when stuff is not going the way that we would want it to go. We ought to be thankful and we ought to be talking to God. The Bible says says in Isaiah 55 and 6 to seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he's near Matthew 7 Jesus talking says ask and it shall be given to you seek and you may be found and it may be found uh, open the door knock on the door and it'll be answered for you Philippians says to be anxious for nothing but in everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let the request be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus we 
ought to be praying during these times. We ought to be thanking God for what's going on during these times. Yes, it is rough right now, but this is the time to thank him. This is the time to bring the prayers to him. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pains we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. This is the time. It may not be the way we want it right now, but you can still thank God that you have your life, health, and strength. You can still thank God that you are in your right mind to think about the job that you may have missed or the income that you missed. You're still in your right mind and you still have health and you still have this opportunity, a home to go through. You got to be thankful for what you got. Change your perspective. Uh, look towards the future. He tells them to look towards the future and thank God for what is on the way. You may be in trouble right now, but trouble don't last always. We got to change our perspective because the presence of the resurrection does not mean the absence of problems. The presence of the resurrection does not mean that everything is going to be honky-dory. The presence of the resurrection doesn't mean it's going to be a cakewalk. You still are going to have some troubles and there are going to be some that are not your fault and there are going to be some that are your fault but you are still going to have these troubles and these things that let us know to hold on to the end the presence of the resurrection lets us know that there is light at the end of the tunnel we got to change our perspective I I, I was uh, today years old before I realized that the, the prison uh, the, the prison camp in Vietnam that they kept calling the Hanoi Hilton was not really the Hilton. But what had happened was the, the people who were in the prisoner of war camp changed the way they thought about it and they started calling it the Hanoi Hilton and that was able to allow them to hold on to mental images so that they could get through the time that they served as prisoners of war during the Vietnam War. If you change your perspective, that can help you make it through. It's hard right now. But you can get through it. Peter is telling us to hope against hope because the troubles that we have going on are temporary. And those who have come before us got out better on the other side and you will too. The struggle will make the end result more enjoyable. Uh, time and time again, I go back to some of my own struggles. Uh, my first car was a four-speed 89 Hyundai Excel. And to me, you couldn't tell me it was not the Bentley or Benz or Beamer. It was, it was the greatest car in the world to me. Why? Because I remember bagging groceries at Kroger uh, in Indianapolis, Indiana on 86th Street. I remember getting my tips, and I remember paying Miss, uh, Miss uh, Edmonds uh, $50 at a time until I got the money to buy that car, and then paying $50 at a time to make sure that the engine was working right. And because I was able to take care of that, because I struggled to get it. I appreciated that much more. I spent time before the car was even mine cleaning it out, wiping the top off and cleaning out the inside and vacuuming it because I wanted to take care of it. I didn't drive it all reckless because I struggled to get it. I went to Wendy's for breakfast 
And I appreciate Wendy's for breakfast because I remember when a family of three had to feed themselves off of five to ten dollars because we go get the junior bacon cheeseburgers and split some nuggets and and because we needed that and then we to, to top it off we go to Randall's or H-E-B and get the orange sherbet and the, the Tostitos chips and then we go to the Stripes and, and we kept the big gulp cup because the fill it up the first time was a dollar but if you kept the cup and brought it back it was 39 cents and that's how we ate for a long time I appreciate the struggle I know what it's like to get dropped on the 20th class day uh, every semester because I went into the coming semester with a balance of unpaid uh, college tuition in that time and having to ask them to just give me one more chance and sign over my work studies eventually. So I appreciate even though I graduated college with a 2.4, I got higher grades on my master's degrees that I got, but I appreciate that 2.4 that much more because I worked for it. I don't take where any I live Anywhere, I don't take that for granted because I know what it's like to move all the way down here from Indianapolis, Indiana to try to go to college and find out that the house that we were supposed to live in fell through and have to spend some time in a hotel and have people wire us money until we were able to figure out where we are going to stay. I don't take any of this for granted. But even though I've had some troubles trying to figure out how I was going to eat, even though I had some troubles trying to figure out where I was going to go to school, even though I had had some troubles figuring out where my next meal was going through. I'm still standing here today because if it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? The struggle will make the end result that much more enjoyable. We have new birth. This is one of the only places in the text where born again is actually used. But we have new birth. We are born again in Christ. The best thing that we have in these problems right now is the fact that we serve a risen Savior that is in the world today. We have the gift of salvation, an inheritance that never fades or fail, fail, uh, never fails rather or fades away. People can pass on stuff to the estates. And, and while we say that, you know, some people have some money that they'll never spend and there are uber rich people passing down money, eventually that money will go away. But this inheritance that we get from the resurrected Savior will never fade. It's, it's incorruptible. It's undefiled and does not fade away, reserved in heaven for us. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away, but there is something about that name Jesus. The inheritance, the inheritance rather, is more precious than gold. I like gold. Uh, gold goes through a process well, in order to, to be used uh, properly by the jeweler. Uh, there's a lot of heat applied to gold before you use it. And when you apply that heat to gold, the impurities rise to the top. All of the stuff that is not supposed to be in the gold, all of the stuff that will reduce its value, it rises to the top when you get a little heat on it. And what the jeweler does when, it, when those impurities rise to the top is they scrape it off and take it out to make this gold something that is more pure and being able to be used by the maker for what's intended. And they keep applying the heat and scraping off the impurities and they imply, they apply more heat and more heat and more heat and scrape off the impurities 
until finally they know that the gold is ready to use. And the way that the maker knows that the gold is ready to use is when they can look into the bowl where they have heated up this gold over and over again. And when they can see their face, that means that the gold is good. That means that the gold is ready to be used. That means that the gold is able to fulfill its purpose. But until the maker is able to see their face in the gold, they're going to keep applying heat to it. And they're going to keep scraping off the impurities. We are all at these kind of stages in our lives. We might be having some heat applied to us. We might be having some things that were a part of us being scraped off. There's a whole bunch of stuff I thought I needed to have and needed to do during these trying times that I've learned are really not that important. There are some thought processes and some mentalities that I've had to have scraped off, but I know eventually when it's all said and done and this thing called life, the maker is going to look down and see their reflection in this heated up gold, in this gold that has been hurt to make and see that it's fit for use. We just need to change our perspective on what's going on. And changing your perspective does not mean pretending like it's not happening. It just means changing the way you think about it. We change our perspective and understand that this struggle will make us appreciate it that much better. Because no matter what happens, the best thing we have through this process is a resurrected Savior. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open, and we invite you to come. Thank you for listening to this message. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you found this message. If this message blessed you, be a blessing to someone else and share it. Connect with Pastor Johnny on Instagram and Twitter, and be sure to like Faith UMC Dickinson on Facebook. 